And welcome back to Film School 101. Class is in session. Nice. I like uh, it. It's been a little while since our last one <laughs> for all our dedicated followers. Uh, yeah, as is uh, seems to be tradition here on Film School 101, we basically missed a whole month of May here, but, you know, we're back at it. Yeah, it seems to be our, our tradition. I don't know, you know, spring rolls around, we yeah. spend less time indoors watching movies, it, it's, trying to get out there. Exactly, get back out to experience the world. You know, they say that the world is the best teacher. And experience is the best way to get... Wi- uh, no, keep going. Well, I say Film School 101 is the best teacher. Uh, oh. So let's get class started. I think you're the best teacher. But so we, we, we had a lot of time to bounce... Ar- <laughs> we had a lot of time to bounce around what we wanted to do for our next film pairing. Um, and Zach, you picked this one. I, I did. You know, I uh, I watched this film... Uh, when I first moved to Seattle, actually in 2019, I watched this film because it was on uh, it was on Prime Video, and I was just like scrolling around and found it and loved it. Loved the film. Uh, admittedly, I also watched it while I was high, so that might have contributed to some of my feelings of of loving the film. Oh, nice. Um, but anyways, I you know really liked it, and I was googling around back in April and saw that Criterion Collection was going to re-release Inland Empire. Uh, which is a uh, uh, David Lynch film all about like the interior mind of an actress as she's going through like p- preparing for a role and trying to make it perfect. And I was like, oh, that sounds really similar to, to Black Swan, which is the movie we're going to talk about. Which is the movie we're talking about today, yep. Um, and so chose Black Swan because I wanted to uh, have a film that, that explores that. It explores the sort of psychological, emotional, mental toll of trying to you know make it uh, in a very high-pressure environment. Yeah, this movie, I, you know, I missed it when it came out back in 2010. Yeah. Uh, so this is the first time seeing it for me, which I feel like usually it's the other way around. Usually I'm asking yeah. you, Zach, this is your first time seeing it. What do you think? Um, so I can give you my first impressions. Yeah, I'm very yeah. curious. Yeah, I was pretty blown away um, with the, like, the direction um, of the mm-hmm. movie and, like, just the general atmosphere. And, like, we, yeah, we're going to say this a lot, but the, like, psychological right. aspect of it and the, the sort of body horror aspects. Was this um, your first Aronofsky it was too, yeah. So the okay. the director Darren Aronofsky, um, first one I'd seen of his. I I familiar like I heard he has this like distinctive style that's always kind of like darkly psychological. Yeah. Um, but seeing it play out in like a, you're like okay, so this is a movie about like ballerinas, right? And right. Not that at all. It's <laughs> it's borderline a horror movie. Yes. Um, and like. Yeah, Natalie Portman's performance was amazing. Um, I was hooked the whole time, and nice. it's, it's slowly just like ratchets up the intensity all, right. all the way through to the finale. Keeps you guessing right. about the mental state of the the character and what's what's actually happening, and honestly, what's going to happen. Um, yeah. So yeah, great movie. So glad you picked it. Thanks, man. Yeah, I you know I, I'm very happy that I was able to to bring a movie to you that you haven't seen before. Yeah. Uh, you know the ver- the original idea behind. Film School 101, as we, we often mention, was to try and expose people to new films, uh, films they might not have considered or have seen. So here we are, yeah. accomplishing that mission. Um, I can give some background, as I, as I always do. Uh, you can give the background if that means that I get to do my synopsis of the film oh, after. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? Let's do the synopsis first. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you know, my, uh, my manager told me the other day I've gotten better at these. So let's see if two months of out of practice I can keep the ball going. Uh, so succinctly, Black Swan. Film follows Nina Sayer, uh, a ballerina, uh, one of the lead soloists at a ballerina, a ballet company in New York. 
and um, there's an opportunity for her to become the lead soloist in the production of Swan Lake, which is going to be the premiere of the new season of ballets that they're doing. Uh, however, this is in the context of an older ballerina, Beth, coming uh, coming out of the scene, and this younger ballerina, Lily, who's coming from San Francisco. So in the con- uh, in the middle of all this sort of change, Nina gets the main role. Um, she has a sort of fraught relationship with her mother, kind of questioning whether or not the mother pushes her too far now. It's something we'll dig in later. But ultimately, throughout the film, as she practices and prepares for this role, her mental state deteriorates. Yep. Uh, until by the end of the film, what's real and unreal is always called into question. And at the very end of the film, uh, spoiler alert, I guess, but you know, here we are, uh, Nina dies. She effectively kills herself um, in order to accomplish the goal of making Swan Lake perfect. Yeah. Because the story of Swan Lake itself, at the end, the, the Swan Queen dies. I thought that was great. The one thing I would add to it oh, is yeah. there's also this sort of like... Uh, challenge of her trying to be portray the white swan and the black swan oh that's true yeah yeah she's tasked with both sides yeah yeah she has to play both and like uh her her what the the director is basically saying she she doesn't have the like uh the uninhibitedness and like seductive quality to right properly portray the black swan right which Um, lily uh throughout the film comes to comes to represent the black swan yeah so there's a little bit of her trying to be able to play that that other yeah. half of her um lily of course played by mila kunis yes uh yes. and and nina of course played by natalie portman and uh toma the company director of course played by vincent cassell which if you've been listening to the podcast vincent cassell is the uh, the actor of vince from la Aine. yeah if you've been you know following along watching all the movies you would have recognized that you would recognize about 20 years prior distinctive face um <laughs> yeah and then i can come in with the background so yeah. this movie came out 2010 um darren aronofsky who we talked about as the director um other movies he did were requiem for a dream and yep. then before this he did the wrestler and i guess he's known f- um you said you've seen requiem for a dream um but yeah. he said it's known for this sort of like i guess darkly darkly psychological style yeah and i think the other best way to phrase it is um kind of like uh like like you had been mentioning in the pre-warm about rosemary's baby he a lot of his shots are in the light but dark in the corners Okay. Um, and that kind of describes his whole style in general. A lot of the things are very upfront and presented to you, but there's always this like darkness that resides, and then he'll bring it out. Um, so yeah, Requiem for a Dream is very much like that. Very darkly psychological. Um, yeah. And the ending is brutal, usually in his films. Got it. Um, yeah, it- Natalie Portman lost 20 pounds to play this role, mm-hmm. uh, but she won Best Actress at the Academy Awards. Uh, this film was not nominated for Best Picture, lost to The King's Speech that year, oh. um, which I've never seen, but my understanding is that that's kind of just kind of a more traditional kind of Oscar bait kind of movie. Yeah. Like, I think good, but like pretty standard. Um, it would have been kind of wild for this one to win. Uh, it was the opening film at the 2010 Venice Film Festival, which is the world's oldest film festival. Oh. Um, and people say it got, a, got like a standing ovation. Um, Very nice. And then it ended up winning... The Golden Lion, which is the most prestigious prize. I did not um, know that. Other films that we've chatted about that have won the Golden Lion were Rashomon, um, which we talked about with Kurosawa, Battle of Algiers, oh, which yeah. we talked about Rogue with One. Uh, Rogue One, and then The Wrestler, his movie two years prior, also <laughs> won it. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's all the all the background I got on this one. Yeah, that's wow. I didn't realize that it was so uh, so critically acclaimed. Well, I mean, I knew that it was critically acclaimed. But I didn't realize it was also vetted by like all these different prestigious awards and stuff like that. Uh, I'm glad Natalie Portman won Best Actress, given that she's basically in every scene in the film. Yeah, um, and she just, I feel like she completely just, like... Oh, um, she owns that character. She owns the role, yeah. yeah. Um, so this movie, I don't know, so, like... <laughs> I don't even know where to start. <laughs> where, yeah, exactly, where do you start? I think we're going to talk, a, we, like, the reason you picked it, right, is because sure. of the psychological element, I guess. That's fair. Uh, I guess I guess you could start there. Yeah, and I do think that's kind of like the strength of the movie. Um, is whether you want to call it like mental illness, whether you want to call it like kind of delirium that yeah. sets on through due to stress. Yeah. Um, like, how do we see all that manifested in the movie? Like, what makes it so like creepy and psychological to you? Yeah, that's a great place to start because um, I I had mentioned to you, oh, I wanted uh, you know I picked Black Swan and. We, we also had talked about Whiplash a little bit. And I, I explicitly said, like, well, I, you know, I like Black Swan more than Whiplash because Black Swan has the psychological dimension to yeah. it. And I think the reason is because we never leave the perspective of the main character. And I mean that both in a literal and figurative. Literal in the sense that, like I said before, like Nina is literally in every shot. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a scene in the film that she is not a part of. Uh, and figuratively because there are so many scenes that involve... Uh, a question of whether the scene was real or unreal we have the sound effects the like sound design is basically almost like we're listening to it as nina you know the crunches and cracks of her her feet uh the 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 overall like this weird humming the the laughs and and talking at the corner of our perception um i think that those small details are what makes this more psychological Um, it's like paying attention, small details mixed with never really leaving the perspective of the main character. Um, we never get a chance to kind of take a breath, step back and view the whole movie objectively where it's impossible for us to view the movie objectively. Yeah. Yeah. We're kind of in her head the whole time. The whole time. Yeah. Uh, even though you don't, it's interesting. You maybe don't realize it though. You think like, I don't know, you think you what you see is, like, objective a lot of the time, but then you kind of have to question it. But we, we get the same hallucinations that she gets when she starts yeah. seeing different people's faces on different things or right. potentially kills people or didn't kill people. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, you mentioned some of the body horror, right? So the, oh, God, yeah. This, yeah, really, really effective sound design where, you know, we hear the cracks of her toes or even just the stuff when she's, like, peeling back her, like, hangnails mm-hmm. and it, like, rips too far. Um, I thought this movie did, like, for whatever reason I was watching it, I thought of, like, uh, Raging Bull, which is, like, a boxing movie. Interesting. Um, but one that really, like, makes you feel the, like, pain of these athletes. So, like, um, you know, that one's obviously a boxer, very intense, but ballerina, like, I was like, oh, man, I can feel, like, how these people, like, wear through their bodies, like, by the end of their 20s. Yeah. Just how, how intense this is on them. Um, yeah, you see her, like, puking in several scenes, things right. like that. There, yeah, there's puking. There's the whole, I mean, the she, like, scratching at her own skin kind of thing. Yeah, the rash. Uh, the ra- Yeah, the rash that develops on the back uh, where, you know, she eventually grows wings from yeah. uh, when she you know, fully becomes a black swan. But, yeah, like, the elements of... Bo- and I think that also... I think it, it by dipping into the horror element, it kind of inevitably becomes psychological as well or helps it become more psychological. Right, because, like, horror, I mean, yeah, I guess you could have, like, 
jump scares or you could have like slasher flicks or something like that but there's always this like underlying sense of of the psychological when you step into what scares you right because mm-hmm. scary things are necessarily psychological things and um by like Arnowski kind of leaning into you know making the audience like uncomfortable i, I don't know if you yeah, felt yeah. this watching it but there's you never fully feel like relaxed watching the film you know oh yeah i was on edge the whole time and this is a movie that kind of kind of lives in like the corners of your mind you yeah, know, yeah good job scraping what's there um like it, it's it, compare it to kind of a like an uncut gems right where it's like that one you're on the edge of your seat but it's because there's so much adrenaline yeah uh whereas uh yeah black swan's more like you're you're on the edge of your seat because you're just so uncomfortable by all of the sounds and sights that are happening in the film yeah yeah i guess to run with that one both of them though i guess i'm uncomfortable because you kind of feel both of them like driving towards a cliff or, you know they're both, oh, yeah, both yeah. on the, the intensity of the movie it's like and i guess you know every movie is kind of ratcheting up in, ten, yeah, in sure, intensity but... from start to finish but those two especially where you you feel the the main characters like building towards something that you know they're not going to get out of unscathed just like the way things are going yeah well and that's so to, to riff on that a bit it's interesting because you have the same idea of going down the river that apocalypse now presents but instead of a physical movement it's like a temporal movement like you know there's a time limit the premiere of swan lake so like everything within the context of the film is okay how many days until swan lake how many days until swan lake and then you get to the point where it's the night before and that's the climax of of the film is right just before we get like you said we know the main character nina is driving towards this point of no return this this uh, uh threshold that she'll all never come back uh, unscathed from similar to apocalypse now how we know like what's what's at the end of the river there's going to be something that's they're never going to yeah. come back the same yeah. from what's going to happen at the final performance yeah exactly yeah uh which i think is a good segue into so like her preparing for the performance right a lot of the challenge that's presented to her is like you can play the white swan perfectly but you for whatever reason you, right. you are struggling to encompass the black, black swan, swan. Yeah. um and I think that's like a big, you know, that's kind of like the journey of the film, and that's like a big recurring theme. Yeah, this, 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 uh, it's almost a battle. Yeah, yeah. Like so, she's constantly at war with herself to become the Black Swan. You know, what is the Black Swan? I guess that's. Uh, that was where you're going. <laughs> what is the Black Swan? What is that? Uh, like, well, I guess literally and like in the context of the play, and then also in her life. Uh, yeah, I mean, in the context of the play, the Black Swan is, it's, it's the temptress, right? It's the Cersei. Uh, the seductress, this sort of very sexual, very like o- overtly feminine energy that um, seeks to you know take take control of other aspects in life, right? The the black swan, figuratively within the play and within the movie, is the the other that pushes, right? It's this like danger mixed with like this sexual energy mixed with this sense of like desire. Um, whereas then the black swan literally is Lily. Like she's always dressed in darker clothes. She's always got like heavy mascara. I don't know. Like Mila Kunis really put on, yeah. you know, a lot of like that stuff. Um, yeah, I think, uh, the, the teacher Toma makes a comment that yeah. like her, her dancing is less precise. Right. But even in it's like imprecision, it's still like captivating, I guess. Uh, but yeah, literally like the black swan in the, in black swan, the opera, I guess, yeah. like, um, tempts away the prince and is the reason the white swan, yeah. like, doesn't get freed from the spell. And here's a really interesting connection. in the Towards the end of the film, when Nina, you know, quote-unquote, kills Lily, mm-hmm. that's the only time we see Lily in white. 
Because she shows up and knocks on the door, Nina opens it, and it's her dressed as one of the other swans, dressed in white. Mm. And that's at the moment that Nina has become the black swan. That's a, I didn't even catch that, but yeah. It's a really cool, like, again, small details, right? It's like a really cool, subtle detail that Aronofsky threw it. Well, maybe not subtle, but like a you know, smaller detail that he threw in there to show the change. Yeah, yeah. I don't think this movie, we chatted about this a little bit, I don't think it's too subtle, subtle. No. in his themes. Um, you literally have the character at the beginning saying, like, I want to be perfect, yeah. right? Or you have him, you know, the the teacher explicitly says, like, you know how to play the white swan, but you cannot play the black swan, you know? <laughs> like, so, they, you know, they set us up very clearly with, like, kind of the, the what's at stake. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the strength of the film is, like, again... Um, the the journey it's that the we go yeah. yeah the execution we go on the journey we go on with um, Natalie Portman mentally as she tries to actually like become the Black Swan or right. be able to play the Black Swan. Um, well, and I think the Black Swan is also like I mentioned it during the while we were watching the film too. The use of mirrors. I mean, yeah. this is both to go back to our point on how to make a movie a little more psychological, but also to our point around what the Black Swan is the other the reflection. Um, yeah, the use of mirrors. Right, it's always. There's so many shots where there's, like, Nina looking into a mirror. Or it'll be, like, a shot of two people, but you're, like, you're the camera turns yeah. towards the mirror. You see Nina, but you don't act... The other person's only in the reflection. You don't actually see them, really. Yeah, even some of the dance rehearsals, we, we're yeah. watching it in the mirror as they're dancing. Yeah, and I think that the use of that is to establish this... I mean, I, I, I guess, you know, Arnofsky does it to help with the whole, like, real-unreal dichotomy and... You know what you see is a reflection of of what's going on, uh, but I also think it establishes this idea that it's like you know is, is is Nina only ever seeing things kind of from the other side of the mirror? You know how 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 removed has she become from her own sense of reality that to her the world is just this giant reflection of what it actually is? Um, which to dig into that, I was about to say the the world is a reflection of what it actually is. So to you dig gotta, into that, yeah. <laughs> what I mean is like. We, you know, she knows that she's losing her grip of reality, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's these scenes where she's discovered that, oh, no, the sex scene with Lily didn't happen. She didn't actually kill Lily. There wasn't actually her face plastered on another person. Right. Um, and so the reflection being that, like, reflection of the world is that it actually is. It's, we're seeing an old, like, there is a reality within the film. There is actually a world going on. But then because we're seeing it from Nina's perspective, mm -hmm. we're pulled back. We're seeing just her image of it if you will yeah it's maybe not a great explanation but i feel like you know where i'm going yeah um and i think the mirrors a little bit and that's to establish that i think you said this while we were watching the movie too where like uh nina sort of seems kind of like she's like is she being her true self or do people kind of see her a certain way and put her in a box like she seems like she has this very oh, like, yeah. stilted personality um both in how she's like controlled by her mother yeah by the way she's unable to inhabit the role of the black swan and so seeing her through mirrors again like we're always seeing like i guess like the, the reflection of her and not the right. true her yeah um you're always yeah you're just getting the image of what you think nina is as opposed to what who nina is really yeah yeah um yeah and then the I guess the movie's all about kind of like doubles as well. Again, the white black swan, Nina and blank on her name, Mia. Uh, Lily. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah, you're right. No, there's there's a ton of doubles in the like. There's yeah, Nina and Lily, Toma and her mom. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, not Toma, her mom and Beth, kind of almost. 
right? Because Beth resembles the same kind of concept of a ballerina at the end of their mm-hmm. career, right? Just like her mom had to give up the career. Well, didn't have to, but, you know, gave up yeah. the career in order to have Nina. So, yeah, there's always there's this kind of rule of twos going on. Yeah, that's your point. Yeah. I guess the, mo- the mom and um, uh, Leroy, Thomas. Yeah. Kind of the two most controlling figures over the her, right? What, what do we make of both of those? Well, I mean, the question I asked everyone uh, at the end of the film is whether or not we, th- we like the mom. Right. Because I think Charlie wa- started watching and was like, oh, I think she's a sweet lady. And then by the end was like, yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, and it's because, it, it's like, granted, we only see it through Nina's eyes. Um, but, yeah, like, you get this sense that the mom is, she flips between being controlling, obsessive, uh, vicariously trying to live through Nina, but also still almost having the best interest at heart. You, you know, you got to wonder if her mom knew that her going to the premiere, because her mom tries to stop her, maybe her mom knew that her going to the premiere would kill her. And I mean, her mom still goes and watches her. And yeah. you get this you get this really cool shot where it's like Nina looking out into the audience. There's the one scene that Nina's not in. It's a shot of just her mom in the audience. And you almost see her like, like she, her mom knows what's gonna come next, yeah. and it's kind of like remorseful almost. Yeah, her mom was asking questions about Toma, like yeah, because uh, she's like, "Don't make the same mistake I made, right?" So right. I guess her mom, you know, she's like a voice of experience a little bit. Yeah, she, yeah, it's like a balance between one trying to like guide and protect uh, her daughter through this world, but she still is trying to like live her dream through her. Right. And feel that. Um, I mean, there's the really awkward scene where she like buys the cake to celebrate Nina yeah. getting the role, and then like. It's, Nina's like, oh, I can't, I can't have the cake or whatever. And she's like, oh, then just throw it all out or whatever. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. And I think that um, her exerting the control over her is yeah. one kind of what's keeping Natalie Portman as like a child, right? Right. Um, which is what is then keeping her from becoming the black the, swan. Like, or, you know, re- getting in touch with the black swan side of herself. Yeah. Um, her more inhibited, more sexual side. You know, it's like the, the parent is trying to keep keep her safe, keep her as the white swan child side. Yeah, forcibly, right? Even against her own will. Whether, I mean, or I don't know if we could really say it's Nina's will to become... Well, she wants to become the black swan, but purely because... Like, why does she want to become the black swan? It's because she's been given this role that she wants to be perfect in. But... Yeah, yeah. And I guess, like, that's... The movie won't exist without okay, that, without, sure, without all that right, desire. Yeah. But like, I guess what I was trying to get at is, it's like I was trying to dig into, you know, this whole question of like how much agency does Nina have oh, in her own, yeah, uh, in her own yeah. life. You know, it's like the only reason she wants to be Black Swan is because she got chosen as Swan Queen by Thomas. Yeah, that's true. We don't get a lot of like background on her motivation. We just kind of yeah. accept that that's like. Yeah. She wants to be a great ballerina. She want, yeah, which I guess is, the again, the point of the film. Why is it called Black Swan and not Nina the Ballerina? Because <laughs> it's it's about all, like, here's here's a film that explores the experience of all ballerinas. You know, you could almost make the argument that any ballerina has been in that position of intense pressure, intense expectation. And, you know, here's a film that explores the darkest and deepest edge of that uh, that outcome. Yeah, like to achieve her maximum artistic potential, she yeah. has to become a little more in- inhibited. Yeah. Um, uninhibited. Uninhibited, yeah, the black swan. Um, yeah, and then, so what do we make, like, there's a clear, like, sexual component to right. this, you know, um, 
to the like the black swan side of everything right i feel like the um sexuality is kind of always like lurking whether it's with sort of tomas kind of like predatory advances towards her right. whether it's t- towards uh, uh mila kunis's character like clearly kind of like having a seductive energy I think that the you know the sexual aspects of the film are there to explore um, to explore the I guess where Nina's at and where she wants to be yeah uh, you know going back to the whole Black Swan and how she wants to to embody that or, or because she you know wants to be perfect for for the performance um, the the sexual part of it going back to what the Black Swan is mm-hmm. is it's, it's Darren Aronofsky's trying to take us through okay like how is she going to get to that point right how is she going to become truly the black swan uh and it's it's through the this the the sexual parts of the film are to try and explore that kind of not character development but that her getting in touch her getting in touch with that side of herself right yeah um like it's like a almost like a childhood to womanhood yeah yeah um right because there's even a scene of her like you know in anger throwing all her stuffed animals down the garbage chute right right um, and then I think uh, I was reading some of the background on the movie and it talks about the end, like where she stabs herself and like, there's the wound there. Natalie Portman, like mentioned to the director, she's like kind of uncomfortable with the placement of like where this is getting super bloody. It's yeah. Like, oh, it's supposed to be like, um, you know, like, a, a, supposed to conjure like a sort of like, like a period. Right. Yeah. Right. So again, like reinforcing, um, that this like getting in touch with her sexuality is also her becoming a woman. Yeah. Like, or, or like an adult. Not like instead of like this, uh, yeah. this meek kind of like child that she's kind of been kept as uh, that we see her at the beginning of the movie. Right. Yeah. It, it the 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 temporal aspect of the film applies as well towards Nina moving from childhood to adulthood, um, and yeah, and the parallel drawn between the two. And so yeah, her the, the kind of sexual energy that's presented within the that aspect of the film is to reflect that. I would agree. Yeah, and then I think. Um, you know, Mila Kunis' character is clearly like set up as like the the the, the black swan foil, right? Right, and so that character exhibits kind of all the qualities that uh, Nina like wants or doesn't have. Yeah, right. She wants that um, that kind of uninhibited energy. Yeah, well, it's it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll, right? <laughs> like <laughs> to put it bl- yeah. like because that's that's yeah, like Lily. Comes yeah, there's in. the drugs. She's got the she, she spikes her she drink spikes the, the drink. Ecstasy, you yeah. know, she shows up late to practice. She interrupts. She one smokes of the when she's, she's not supposed to smoke. Exactly. Like there's all of this yeah. aspect of just her, and and you know. On, the, on like the the there is the whole part of her being a foil, but on a on a societal level, what does Lily represent? Nina represents the the conformity, you know, sub, accepting and going along with the expectations thrown at you by authority figures, right? Yeah. Um, not not to be too punk, but right. Yeah, Whereas yeah. Lily represents like everything Nina is, you know, Lily represents the sort of you know, you're going to throw these expectations at me and I'm going to find my own way to meet yeah, them. She's a little more wild, a little more carefree, yeah. but then, like, you know, people are attracted to that, right? Right, in yeah. Way. Um, and she still is a ballerina. Like, that's, yeah, yeah. you know, she's still good enough at what she does and still passionate about passionate enough about it that she's at this dance company that's presumably well-respected and she still is performing. She's the alternate for Nina, you know? She's literally second to the lead soloist in the premiere. But we also haven't approached a film that is this explicit about it. Like, think about all the films we watched, right? 
even Picnic at Hanging Rock, which has those undertones, yeah. ha- doesn't have it as explicit, right? Right, right. Um, and I mean, you even joked, right? Like, four bros watching Swan or watching Black Swan on a Sunday. Like, yeah, I mean, there is that aspect of like, okay, this is a film that's going to be very, and it goes back to Aronofsky not being very subtle. Um, anyways, to get away from it a little bit, uh, that that. And I think that aspect also is what make that that whole exploration is also what makes it more of a psychological film. Like you look at Whiplash, that's it doesn't go into that whole like yeah, okay, it doesn't, this, it doesn't go there. The, it don't, a it doesn't go there. B it doesn't really go into the psyche of the of the main character. Black Swan does take us into the psyche of Nina. It 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 shows through the visual language of the film what her feelings are at any given point what she's thinking in t- inside of herself at any given moment, you know, inside her mind at any given moment. Like, we're able to piece together that Nina is incredibly stressed out and paranoid because we are literally seeing all of the stresses and paranoia on the f- on the screen. Um, I think there's an article that talks about how this is a really good representation of, like, paranoid schizophrenia. Yeah. You know, and... Um, yeah, I think I think the film as a whole is a great... Uh, you know, the reason I chose it the, and what we're trying to follow up with uh, next is because I want to explore like how do you take this incredibly psychological dimension, put it on the put screen. It on the screen. Do we want to announce what we're doing next, uh, or do we want to save it? I think we save it as a as a mystery. I'll save it as a bit of a mystery. Yeah, you have to come back if uh, you want to know yeah. what we pair with this one. Yeah. Is there any other? Uh, I don't know if I derailed our. <laughs> uh, no, I think we covered it pretty good. Um, we talked about the mom, and then we didn't talk about oh, the, we didn't get the Toma. Yeah. Toma, yeah. Um, I was just say, you know, he's either like this horrible predator, or he's the best ballet coach in the world. I mean, right? he, he gets the performance he wants. <laughs> yeah, uh, which you know, I think he's he's kind of predatory, yeah. honestly. Uh, but um, yeah, he did get the perfect performance out of her. He did, um, uh, and I, I mean, I, I think that goes to show just the the moral ambiguity of the film. I don't think it tries to take a moral position at all. I think it's just trying to show how this high pressure environment how these characters and and, and these characters are kind of archetypes right they're stereotypes in a bit um how they interact within that context i mean it's it's it in in uh you know talking about like the wrestler beforehand you know i think they've been mentioned as being companion pieces to each other Mm -hmm. wrestler and black swan and i think it's because both of them explore like yes these these are characters that they have their own history but they're not they're not meant to be really just characters they're also meant to be the archetypes of their respective profession right yeah when they're at the bar talking to the guys he's like who are you and it's like she goes oh i'm a ballerina he's yeah. like no what's your name and she's like oh i'm nina yeah like i think that's a really like tongue-in-cheek moment of like hey this is what the film is it's these aren't these aren't just you know nina and lily this is like the the naive ballerina and the dangerous ballerina you know yeah. i guess i thought it meant more like that's what comes first in her view of what her identity uh, is. i mean that too yeah yeah um about ballerina before she's a person yeah she's constructed yeah mechanical i think charlie mentioned that a lot of her dancing even in the beginning is very mechanical and precise and then as the uh film goes on it becomes much more fluid yep. um yeah but our companion piece is not the wrestler uh, so i guess you could watch that as a companion piece Stay tuned for next episode for what our choice of a companion piece is. Yeah, what the next one is. Um, you know, Black Swan's a great film. I'm excited that I, you, you got to watch it and enjoyed it. But, you know, uh, until next time, uh, make sure to do your homework. Yep, we'll see you.